Hello, it's producer Casey here with another deluxe reissue of one of my favorite classic episodes. Back in August 2020, in just their 10th episode, TJ and Tony went deep and nerdy on some of their favorite mono and stereo mixes of Beatles songs. I remember hearing it at the time, wishing I could hear some of those favorite moments side by side. And you know what, daggummit, now we can. Without further ado, please enjoy for the first time in its full state-of-the-art duophonic glory, the Untitled Beatles podcast's Mono Stereo Nerd Out. Untitled Beatles podcast. (laughs) Welcome to the Untitled Beatles podcast. I'm Tony Mendoza. And I'm TJ Shanoff taking a sip of uh, Trader Joe's Pinot Grigio on a summer afternoon here in Chicago. How many fabs would you give that Pinot Grigio? I would give this Pinot five fabs for price and five fabs for taste because it's cheap and goes down real easy. So five fabs for Trader Joe's boxed wine. I love it. There you go. There's a, there's an endorsement for you, Heinz Beans. <laughs> that was uh, remember when Ringo was talking about the, the when they went to India and he brought two giant things of Heinz baked. The suitcases. We learned that when we were in a band, when we started out, if anybody let a silent one go, they would try and get away with it. And it caused terrible trouble. Yeah, because he couldn't eat anything. Ringo just turned 80. He was sick his entire childhood. And that's why he brought beans to see the Maharishi. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, everything's good here in L.A. I haven't had a haircut in four months. And my my mullet is about uh, Paul McCartney anthology length. (laughs) Does that mean you're going to record this sitting by a fireplace or on a boat? Yeah, I'm going to rhapsodize behind a a boat. Rubber soul! It's amazing, that anthology, which we, we have to get into one of these days. Yeah, we'll do one of those. Paul McCartney, half of it is shot seemingly on the Hope of Deliverance video set where there's like (laughs) sticks of fire burning. Like what? Yeah. When was this thing done? And you know what I love about that? And we will save this for the anthology show. I love that the guy from Squeeze uh, did all the uh, interviewing for it. I didn't know that. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh, Jules Holland, the main guy from Squeeze, was kind of a fun rock history thing. Jules with two O's. Yeah. One of my favorite names. Not jewels like the way people from Chicago say they got to go grocery shopping. Yeah. Are you shopping? I'm going to go to the jewels. Take a new look at an old friend, Jules. I used to work with this woman named Lorraine in a warehouse, and she used to call the jewels the jeers. <laughs> Are you sure it was not referring to the longtime Chicago grocery chain, uh, Jeers? Are you doing a bit? Because I've never heard of that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. But, uh, TV Guide used to have a page called Cheers and Jeers that I remember very well. Of course, I remember that. Yeah, just past the table of contents. <laughs> <laughs> well, today, other than TV Guide and Jewel, we're going to talk about uh, Beatles, stereo and mono. The differences, the favorites we have. One of my favorite Beatles topics, actually, I'm thrilled we're doing this because there are so many variations in the Beatles catalog between mono and stereo. And there's so many variations of Beatles songs that because the catalog was standardized on CD in the 80s, people have forgotten about. And it's cool to revisit those. Totally, totally. Yeah, they, uh, they, I, I bought the box set. I had a good week, like in probably around 2013 or 14 or somewhere. And I finally like 
plopped down the cash to get the mono box set on vinyl. And uh, yeah, I gave those a spin this week. I did some AB with some stereo. We'll point out some little differences here. We won't get them all, I imagine, because that would be like three hours. I've got three lists of things I want to get to, things I'd like to get to, and things I'm not going to get to. (laughs) (laughs) For for real. Um, But basically, like as far as how I know things went down was that the Beatles preferred the mono mixes. They were in attendance at the sessions for the mono mixes. And then the stereo mixes were basically done by George Martin and whomever was around for each album with little input from the Beatles on those. Yet when things got standardized for CD, I think for the most part, they mostly took those stereo mixes, if I'm not mistaken. When the CDs were reissued in 87 and they did them four CDs at a time for up uh, Sergeant Pepper, they just did that. They timed it on the 20th anniversary. Sergeant Pepper was June 1, 1987 and 67 so it was released both days the first four albums controversially in 87 and let me just put put a pin in this because the beatles were the last big act to make their way to cd there were so many licensing issues the first cds were like 82 ish right and you had like some live at the star club and there was a rare japanese pressing from emi uh in japan of abbey road on cd from like 83 or 84 oh wow that man. is like one of those holy grail collectible things <laughs> it's <laughs> not quite the butcher cover no that's or, the honus wagner right <laughs> that, that's a tobacco okay. card <laughs> The Jordan rookie card is the uh, uh, Beatles versus Frank Ifield on VJ. I got a feeling cold of blue loads and for baby say goodbye. Um. <laughs> What's the upside down plane stamp of Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the Beatles versus the Four Seasons. I mean, all the VJ releases. <laughs> They were, um, when all the CDs were standardized, the first four Beatles albums, they went with the British issues. And George Martin decided because of the mono fidelity, he felt didn't have enough in common with CD reissues, which was all about fidelity. They opted to make the first four albums in mono because the stereo was all that separation George Martin correctly thought that audiences who were loving CDs wouldn't want to hear those certain instruments on the right, others on the left. And that's the right call, because upon listening to the mono mixes, every time I heard the early stuff, I was like, oh, this is how it sounds. And then when you put the stereo on, it was like, oh, this is strange. And now, unfortunately, if you're trying to stream any of the Beatles, those early records are going to be on stereo. Yeah, the uh, EMI, Universal, Calderstone, whatever it is, I get very confused with all the names, uh, made a decision to only stream the stereo box set. The mono box set they kept exclusive as a niche piece as a CD and uh, vinyl box set. It's a drag because if you want to hear like the proper version of some songs off Hard Day's Night and things like that, you've got to kind of you either have to buy it, you know, which costs money, or I believe if you only have Apple Music, I think you can go to a compilation called the U.S. Records, and on the U.S. Records, you can hear the mono versions. They do stereo, then mono, and then you can make yes. yourself a playlist of the British versions of the mono records that way. 
Well, and that's where the quirks come in, Tony, about the American issues, because if you want mono, I'll cry instead, based on the Apple Music U.S. albums matching, has a longer edit of the song where they threw the bridge in again. So you're right. getting a right. mono version that the Beatles never even intended. That was done just for the uh, Something New album and the Hard Day's Night United Artists soundtrack. Right, right. So if you're trying to stream and listen to the mono, it, it, you're, it's going to be challenging. What they did was they put, I think, on the Red album and like the one compilation, mm-hmm. they took the, all the singles, all the songs from before she, uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand, and those are mono. That's but right. If you go to the records, you know, then it's, you're just in stereo land. This is, this is just for streaming, you know, and this seems to be how people listen to music now. So, well, and, and here's something uh, the only stereo versions you'll find anywhere of She Loves You and I'll Get You are the duophonic fake stereo that Capitol made for Beatles' second album, <laughs> that are the American compilation, which to me is like like the greatest American compilation. That's all those covers. It's Rollover Beethoven and, and yeah, Money. Yeah. You know, the original Thank You Girl, which we'll get into because there's 19 versions of that. <laughs> but, I love uh, it. It's, who cut yeah. the lathe on that? What was the... Uh... <laughs> Who's the leaf cutter on that, TJ? <laughs> Hashtag leaf cutters unite. The cutting stylus is a minute piece of sapphire, perfectly ground and electrically heated, so there is virtually no resistance as it cuts into the smooth lacquer. Well, I thought we would go through some of the little differences that are on the stereos and the monos, uh, and then maybe cap off with our favorite mono mixes and then our favorite stereo mixes. That's great. And I have a few where I prefer variations of one over the other that I think we can throw back and forth, too. Well, um, yeah, I will say I didn't notice too much like on, on Please Please Me or with the Beatles. You know, every time I hear the mono versions, I'm like, oh, this is this is how I first heard it, you know, because I, I think I heard most of these on CD. But when you get into Hard Day's Night, that's when I notice the difference. Like the I should have known better is mono is the way to I heard it the way you should. <laughs> stupid the way you should hear it (laughs) you've never heard i should have known better until you've heard it in mono so don't be a bitch with your stereo 2009 issue yeah and that harmonica dropout belongs in the intro do not fix the harmonica dropout exactly so the stereo version on the intro with the harmonica it drops out it drops out And then you hear the mono. It's like, that's how I've always heard it. Why Now you can't even hear that streaming. You only hear the stereo dropout version. Also, the guitar strums, you know, those big guitar strums in the bridge. Those are like quieter, so it's less impactful. That when I tell you that I love you, oh. Yeah, if anything, it's, to me, it's like the stereo mixes of these early records are like the more tamed versions of the Beatles. It was almost like it was catering to the people who had stereo records, which tended to be rich people who had stereo consoles. And this is like 63, 64, 65. And they're not going to want to hear like loud rock and roll. They're going to want to hear this, like the Brian Epstein groomed version of the Beatles. The suits version. Yeah. Yeah. Harmless. And, you know, you'd want your daughter to date them and all that kind of a thing. So they lose the impact on stereo. Uh, that is a larger takeaway for this conversation to be, Tony, is, and this is, I think, especially true for the later stuff. We'll get into some specifics as we go. 
anybody who denies the Beatles stature as a rock band. No, oh, the Beatles are a pop band. It was pop. It was, you know, kind of right. there are people, there are forces who attempt to diminish the Beatles rock chops, especially when compared to the Stones and the Who and the other legacy bands of that same era. They've yeah. never heard the Revolution single in mono. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, they, they've never heard Revolver in mono. There are so many late period, especially Beatles songs, that tear through the speakers in mono. Lady Madonna is improved in mono. The Get Back single, which is not different, is still improved in mono. I think in general, to your point about how the mono early songs rock out better, the entire Beatles catalog feels like it rocks out harder in mono. I totally agree. Yeah, it's a fuller sound. You've, you get everything in both ears. So I was listening to all these LPs on headphones, you know, just to really let it do that. And yeah, yeah it's yeah, great. Let it do that, my man. <laughs> <laughs> you take care of yourself, Holmes. <laughs> Yeah, well, I wrote down, you get everything you need in both ears. Well, I'll get into it. Like, actually, staying on Hard Day's Night, I actually prefer the stereo mix on I'll Be Back. Just that one. Just that one. And that's because there's some acoustic guitar overdubs going on with that song. And then those close harmonies. You know, if you break my heart, I'll go. But I'll be back again. I think the stereo spread just expands those textures. I I I I, I got a little Woody here to say that. And <laughs> hey, little Woody, come in here. This is all of a sudden we're going to review Toy Story um, or Cheers. Cheers is filmed before a live studio audience. Or those Beach Boys songs where they all sang about Woody's. <laughs> in the mid 1960s, Jan and Dean personified a dream of perfect waves and eternal youth. Okay, so just a little peek behind the scenes here. I sent the guys my first draft of this episode in which I maybe got a little overzealous buzzing Tony there. While TJ did sing that line from Surf City, which was made famous by Jan and Dean, Tony rightly corrected my correction, noting that A, Surf City was written by Brian Wilson, and B, the Beach Boys did in fact sing about Woody's quite frequently like in Surf and Safari. We're loading up our Woody with their boards inside and heading out singing our song. In Surfer Girl. Surfer's Rule. No-Go Showboat. It turns out they also had an entire instrumental track called Boogie Woody. So buzz me here. Tony was right. The Beach Boys had a thing for Woody's. But all that said, you want to know Tony's favorite Woody? That would be the fabulous falsetto. I got a Woody just to ride with you in the fade out at the end of Jan and Dean's Gonna Hustle You. I'm 
really glad we got that straight. Okay, back to the show. I got a 34 wagon. <laughs> Listen, I love Brian Wilson. There's a lot of Beach Boys I love, but in general, Mike Love can fuck off, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. I'll still, I like him from then when he was a goofball, but, you know, just like Elvis, they turned, they turned bad. Yeah, but, but Mike Love didn't die on a toilet. He was letting Not John Stamos play tonight. <laughs> One can dream. No, I don't. I don't want Mike Love to leave this earth. But stop taking the Beach Boys' name while Brian Wilson is still alive. Yeah, and turning it into that basically an American flag with like four part harmonies. Nowadays, the Beach Boys open for the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> yeah, I think they're carving uh, the Beach Boys into Stone Mountain. Well, just Mike Love, actually. <laughs> just Mike Love. Right, right. Totally. <laughs> Brian Wilson is to Obama what Mike Love is to Trump. <laughs> Hot take. Poor Mike Love. He's not that bad. But I mean, fuck you, too. So. <laughs> he, he gave us Kokomo. He gave us the least inspired cover of rock and roll music ever recorded. Oh, yeah, so I I do love the Beach Boys, but like somewhere in the seventies, I dip way off. They have some weird songs, man. <laughs> I mean, they have some like "Hey Little Tomboy." I don't know if you've ever heard that song. That song is fucking mm. creep city, man. Hey little tomboy, sit here on my lap. I got things that I gotta tell you. Check that one out. <laughs> I, I I'm big into the Beach Boys, Ricky Fatar phase. They were opening for the oh. dead, and that's the only time I like my Beach Boys without Brian Wilson. Those run-throughs of Help Me Rhonda, Wouldn't It Be Nice, almost have kind of a laid-back jam bandy feel that I think works for them. The songs breathe. Yeah, yeah, that was before he became Republican. He was still, this is Mike Love, he was like still Maharishi and all that. So, you know, and he would, and you, I'm trying to tie this back into the Beatles. Do it. I got 10 bucks that says you got this. Do it. <laughs> and as you know, TJ, uh, Mike Love was in India with the Beatles when they right. were practicing with the Maharishi. <laughs> On the trip where Ringo brought two suitcases of Heinz beans <laughs> and scene. You know, folks, in improv, <laughs> the end is often the beginning. The base concept of improvisation is that a person offers something, you accept it, and then you add on or enhance that concept. Let's get back to the Beatles and Mono or Stereo. I'll be back. We left off with that. Um, yeah. I noticed on the Help record, there was it was like murkier and it, there was more bass. Help was a big deal. It was the first stereo Beatles CD issued other than that Japanese Abbey Road import. So when Help came out, that was a big deal. And Help and Rubber Soul, George Martin in 87 went back and again, controversially remixed. So the versions on CD of Help and Rubber Soul from 87 through 09 were not the ones in the 60s. They were what George Martin did in the 80s to spruce up the sound a bit because he also thought that Help and, and Rubber Soul had too much of that left-right panning as well. Right, right. Which is like, if you listen to left-right panning in, in headphones or earbuds, as most people are when they're streaming, like it's it takes your balance off. Like if you listen to Strawberry Fields and you just hear the Mellotron in the one ear... I prefer the, the mono version of Strawberry Fields Forever for that reason, because the separation is gone and I can just listen to the yeah. song fully. Let me take you down. Let me take you down, because I'm going to Strawberry What do you think of uh, You're Gonna Lose That Girl? I know that's one of your favorite songs. Do you have a preference mono stereo? 
Yeah, in general, I prefer the mono to the stereo, but if I had to fly in just George's solo, I'd prefer the stereo version of it. Some of the birds influenced kind of 12 string stereo stuff feels more birdsy and of that era in stereo to me. Maybe it's all the years of hearing the birds on classic rock radio. We're so used to those songs in stereo, but the jangliness of those guitars feel good in stereo to me. Yeah, that was one where I preferred the stereo mix. Something about it. I, I wrote down it was crisper, I think. <laughs> I think Ticket to Ride is better in mono. It's heavier. She's got a ticket to ride. That's one of those, like you were talking about earlier as the Beatles as a rock band. Yeah, they didn't smash their guitars or whatever, but they did get feedback and I feel fine and Ticket to Ride. I remember Lennon saying, I think in that 1970 interview with uh, Jan Wenner, that it was like the first heavy metal record or something like that. Yeah. Another help song I think is 100% better in stereo is the song help. The Lennon mono vocal, it's a different vocal take. Yeah. It's just more subdued. The singles of these songs were the mono versions back in the day and the 45 stayed in print forever and ever and ever so more people probably heard the mono one initially but the stereo take uh lennon's vocal on that is just to me worlds better than the mono Yeah, there's little things like on You Like Me Too Much on the mono, you can hear some like really some small drumming, like brushwork or something going on underneath. I will say too, Help is arguably the worst recorded Beatles album. Really? At least in my mind. It, the whole album's always felt flat in this era of... The Beatles have reissued and remixed everything from Sgt. Pepper on. I'm almost more excited for like a help rubber soul. And I love mid-period. I love all period Beatles, but mid-period Beatles, that kind of help rubber soul revolver is just right in my wheelhouse of the hooks and the melodies and how concise everything was. And I feel like the help album's so muddy that to actually have it, a Giles Martin or a Sam O'Kell remix it would do those some justice. That would be cool. I mean, yeah, they have to keep doing more stuff because they're at the end of their rope now with this let it be thing. So that's what they're going to yeah. do. They're going to be like, oh, let's look at help again. <laughs> yeah, they'll go back to the beginning. And there's only so much you can do with the early, with the, the four track stuff, right? I mean, but what else can you do with that? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Maybe get one of those Beatle cover bands in to like redo the little flubs that they make. <laughs> <laughs> Correcting the harmonica solo and it should know better. Please welcome Beatle Fesso Liverpool. <laughs> With three O's. <laughs> <laughs> They're a good band, by the way. I love, they've been doing it a long time. I love Liverpool. Um, I think Dizzy Miss Lizzie is better in mono. 
Again, oh, yeah. same reason. It's the any of those rock and roll songs that they did, the mono's better. And I read somewhere that the guitar is out of tune, and it's like that's to me that's rock and roll. So bring it on. Yeah. That tune's always sounded like they're exhausted after a night. It ends the album, and it's it sounds like they're exhausted in a club. Uh, it's, <laughs> that's one of my. I, I love that that cover is is they're they're fighting to get through it. I dig that. That is cool. Yeah, like I'm actually, you know, the stereo version that I've always heard, it didn't do it for me. But I listened to the, I sat down and listened to that mono version, and it was like, oh yeah, I get it now. It almost got up there with um, Long Tall Sally, you know, which. Yeah. To me, is one of their most exciting covers ever. And it gave Paul the balls to write I'm Down. Yeah. That's what I love about Long Tall Sally influenced a fucking great little Richard-inspired tune. Yeah, man. Yeah. How can you laugh when you know I'm down? But let me just say real quick, Tony. Yeah. One of the dumbest Paul McCartney choices in the world, and this could be its own podcast too, at the concert for 9-11, your favorite era of Paul McCartney, the driving rain era of Paul McCartney, the dying is here, Paul Mc- the Heather Mills Paul McCartney. And again, I am a McCartney apologist, but when he opened the tribute to the fallen buildings and firemen and policemen with I'm down without considering the context or connotation, and on one level it's like, oh shit, Paul's doing I'm Down for the first time since 65. Oh shit, he's doing I'm Down at the 9-11 concert? How can you laugh when you know I'm down? <laughs> yeah, oh, what are you and- doing? How can you laugh when you know I'm down? <laughs> Tragedy plus time equals I'm Down by Paul McCartney, 9-11. <laughs> this one's for you guys. <laughs> oh boy, Paul. <laughs> Well, uh, on Norwegian Wood, I forget if it's the mono, I think, that has the cough in it. I think that's the mono version where you hear, I think it's, she went to the store and she left. Da, 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 da. Yeah. She asked me to stay and she told me to sit anywhere. So I looked around. And I believe that was inspired by the cough you can hear in the Beach Boys' Wendy. Put it all together. Not the Beach Boys jingle for Wendy's that Mike Love recorded in 87 for Dave Thomas, a fellow Republican. Good guy, though. Big in adoption, Dave Thomas. Yeah. You want a double penny with all the onions and tomato? Janet Frosty, here we go. March into Wendy's and get a jazz cap for $1.99 with any purchase. Where's the beach? Wendy's jazz caps. Totally rad. Dude. Do you have any note, uh, differences that you notice on Rubber Soul? You know, uh, we don't really start getting into... We have one difference from an early album I haven't mentioned because I'm saving it for one of my favorites. That radio is called a tease. For all you intercom folks listening, that. you iHeartRadio folks who want two hot DJs to spin Beatles classics, <laughs> we're your guys. Um, no, my primary differences, save for a couple early ones, don't begin till Revolver. Okay, I'll just throw these out real quick from Rubber Soul. Yeah. Uh, I think Think For Yourself is better in mono. It's heavier. I've got a word or two To say about the things that you do You can hear the electric piano in it more, which I, I hadn't really heard in the stereo. Um, the word sounds better to me. It's more like a Stax recording. It's so it's 
And I think the harmonium is better placed in the mix. I think it's less like in your face. I do have one note from Rubber Soul that I've forgotten about here. And this is, we're going to get weird because the stereo version in America has the false start on I'm Looking Through You, which which the stereo in the rest of the world didn't have. Yeah. But it's got a false start. They restart the intro and giggle, and then the familiar song kicks in, and the rest of the mix, I'm pretty sure, is exactly the same. For those of us who grew up listening to that American Rubber Soul, which I did, that's my first exposure to that album. Me too. Yeah, it took me forever. It's still a little weird hearing Drive My Car kick off Rubber Soul. I agree. I agree. I don't like it. That to me, that's for it's yesterday, for yesterday and, today. and today. Totally. <laughs> Show me some dead baby dolls when I hear this. <laughs> let me let me steam it and peel it off, and maybe I'll be a millionaire. Yeah. Beep beep. Yeah. yeah beep beep beep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So th- that's one. The and the whole American Rubber Soul is such a different experience. You know that has it's only love kicking off side two. You know uh, which was on yeah. both those songs, the aforementioned songs on the British Help album. But yeah, so that's one. Almost like hearing the James Bond intro at the beginning of Help. It's a similar... Right, right, which they put on the Red Album. Which they did. In fact, when I uploaded the Red Album... Because I'm such a nerd, I want everything in my iTunes. When I uploaded the Red Album, I uploaded it with the James Bond intro because it's never been on any of the CD Red Album compilations. It's on mine, damn it. Now that's authentic, Dave Dexter. I'm your guy. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I just had to throw that in for Rubber Soul. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Well, yeah, so Revolver... Yeah, Revolver's different. Revolver is different. I mean, I guess we could start with Tax Man. That one just rocks more. Yeah, that Paul guitar solo. That is Paul playing. Yeah, that's a Paul guitar. I didn't just make yeah, that up. That's, that's Paul totally playing guitar. Nope. I had one of those Beatle moments of, fuck, am I lying? <laughs> right, Do I know why? what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that Paul guitar solo just tears through the speakers on the mono version. Yeah, and he only did it one time. They tack it on it for the fade out. It's the same solo. That's right. So he didn't play it twice. That to me is, uh, again, it's the same thing with the rock and roll stuff. Like Taxman is a rock and roll song. So the guitar is higher in the mix. The cowbell comes in earlier. 5% appear too small. And it feels louder, but I didn't find it like obtrusive. Like I did kind of on like um, one of the Hard Day's Night songs. The, I forget which one. You can't do that, I think, or whatever. It sounds a little high in the mix mm-hmm. to me. You actually hear like the the decay on the cowbell somewhere, like the doing. Right. You know, you actually. Um, but that's that's that. So Taxman, I like the cowbell. Uh, it just sounds more compressed. And it just sounds, it sounds raw. It sounds like what we're talking about when we, like the revolution and stuff. It's just... It, it's a better mix. This whole album, Tony, the first time I really heard, I, I'd had an American mono revolver, which is heavily edited. I think there's only, what, two John Lennon songs on the American revolver? Yeah. Two or three? Yeah, the American revolver doesn't stand up. 
I'll never forget when that came out. It might have been the spring of 87, but when I really got into it that fall, it was fall going into eighth grade. And that was the one I listened to because I'd never I'd never heard Revolver like that. I was 13 at the time. I had had like an import of the British album, but for whatever reason, yeah, I wasn't listening to other records when I was 11, 12. I'd be, oh, this looks cool. I'll get it. It was when that CD came out. That changed me. And then when the mono version, I heard for the first time on the 09 reissues, I'd never heard it in mono like that before. That changed me. I was always a Revolver guy, and Revolver and Mono put it to my number maybe 1B on my list. That's yeah, cool, it man. Cha- it changed yeah, me. Yeah. I would say I like. I would agree with you 90% on that. Uh, I, I prefer Revolver Mono. I think Love You Too, George's song, that's just fuller. Make love all day long. Make love singing songs. Same thing with Here, There, and Everywhere. It's just Fuller. The harmonies make more sense in mono. I, I can't explain it. Those stacked ooze and I it the mono here, there, and everywhere feels like the best Beach Boy song ever written. Wow, that's good. That's good. I love how much Beach Boys we're talking and about. I, I do. I, there's a lot of Beach Boys I love. I don't go as deep as you and Mike Love. Ever since the Full House, John Stamos era, Kokomo, even at 14, I was like, fuck these guys. This is not God only no. knows. <laughs> right. No, I am totally with you on that. I, I, yeah. After the love you album, I in 78 or whatever that was, I, uh, yeah, I drop off. I, I, so off. you're not a fan of LA light album. <laughs> exactly. Right. No, I wear that album as shoes. <laughs> good. That's good for the environment. It's not just wasting away in landfill. So back to revolver, you mentioned here, there and everywhere. Yeah, that's when I like it's just fuller. And that's the other thing, too. It's like that fuller thing works for the rock and roll songs, but it also works for these beautiful ballads, too. And I think you nailed it with the harmonies. And as we talk about that, my probably one of my three favorite Beatles songs and your bird can sing in mono. The minute you first hear that breath slash intake from John Lennon during the solo at the beginning, you know you're in for a different ride. It's audible in the stereo. It's prominent in the mono. Oh, that's that cool. And Your Bird Can Sing... I failed to mention I'm only sleeping with a different backwards guitar in mono.
that just feels more in your face. It just more, it just slices through. And uh, let me say, uh, got to get you into my life, into tomorrow never knows, but that got to get you into my life has the longer different McCartney scat vocal fade out every single, and it's the, the horns are going crazy. Some of the Beatles yeah. in mono, we'll get to this a little more, we'll get to Pepper and White Album. It's like a nightmare. It's like, I can't <laughs> explain it. It is like, it's the most wow. beautiful nightmare. And the Beatles in mono, <laughs> things are going crazy and things are getting haywire and the horns are going nuts and McCartney's scatting and the band's riding it out. And then you have a second to breathe and then the drone for Tomorrow Never Knows comes in in one channel and you're just taken away with that uh, that masterclass of simplicity by John Lennon. Yeah, I like a lot of the mono mixes because their fade outs are longer. You get a little more Beatle for your dollar. You get a, a couple more Beatle droplets on your way down. <laughs> you don't want your mask if, you, if you're getting Beatle droplets. You don't need it. No, so yeah, like, yeah, there's a longer fade out on Got to Get You Into My Life. Uh, you hear more scatting. Also on things like Good Day Sunshine, you actually hear the drums fully break down on yeah. that fade out, which is cool. You get to hear the song end. Paul's vocal delay goes on longer on Good Day Sunshine. Yep. Good Day Sunshine. Good Day Sunshine. feels like a lovely place to take a quick pause. This is surprisingly soothing. Maybe we need to do an episode on our favorite lullaby renditions of Beatles tunes. Anyway, we'll pick up again next week, right where we left off here with Sgt. Pepper. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you like the show, we'd love it if you could subscribe wherever you listen. Most importantly, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We try not to ask too much. And if you want to join us in Gab Fab 4 in your sultriest voice, you can now find us on Discord. Special thanks to Sean and to Star for making our Untitled Beatles Discord a friendly place to gather. You can find the link in our show notes. And that's all. We'll catch you next week. I'm not sure why I'm talking like this, but it feels right. And I know TJ likes to fall asleep to recordings of my voice. Also, those weird ASMR YouTube videos. Untitled Beatles Podcast. Like and subscribe. Hello everybody, welcome back to another soft singing video, but this time with a theme, 
and the theme is none other than the Beatles. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. 